all, it's great to be with you guys. I literally was asked today uh, by Division One D1 Ticker, which is a college athletics news service, what my favorite podcast was. And I said, there's only one podcast I'll listen to, and it's Birds Fans Forever. So that will probably be in some kind of national publication uh, coming up. So just wanted to make sure that all Bird fans are watching Bird Fans Forever and listening. Uh, John, so that's my official endorsement. Uh, you'll see that in publication soon. But, you know, it's great to be with you guys. I, I love this podcast. I've really enjoyed listening to everyone you guys have put together. This is Bird Fans Forever, episode 20 with Coach Giacoletti. So Coach Giacoletti is, was the assistant at St. Louis, but he was my coach on the 89-90 team and then went on to coach four more years at Illinois State. And awesome to have you, Coach. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Coach. Excited to be here. Last time you and I were together, we were eating pizza, I think, at Luca Grill, right? It, with Todd Cagle. So there's a shout-out to Todd Cagle. So, uh, you know, so, Yeah. Cagle told me he wouldn't come on until I had all the coaches on. So now I got Coach Giacoletti. I am got three of the five. So, all right, <laughs> Coach, we start this always. How'd you get the issue? Well, you know, I, I obviously played high school and college basketball, and, and the last couple of years of college basketball, knew I wanted to get into college coaching, and I uh, was a graduate assistant at Western Illinois. For a year, was an assistant, third uh, part-time assistant at that time at, at Oral Roberts University for two years with the legendary Ted Owens, and uh, went with him to a brand new uh, fledgling league, the World Basketball League in Fresno, California. <laughs> was there for a year and a half. The team went bankrupt probably three different times, and then finally the league folded. And so that was right, maybe. Uh, February of 89 and was looking for a job and uh, born and raised in Peoria, Illinois, watched Bob Bender, followed his career. He had just gotten the Illinois State job. Uh, Did not know coach at all, um, which is extremely rare to be able to go get a job uh, and not knowing. Ted Owens had recruited him to Kansas when when Bob was in high school, so he helped me a little bit with it, but um, got really lucky to be quite honest with you and uh, had no idea how that would change my life, uh, having a chance to go with, with Bob during his time at Illinois State, and then I went with him for four more years at, at the University of Washington. Washington, yep, yep. Awesome. All right. So, got a chance so to catch up. The first conversation with, with Coach Bender, what, what was that like? I mean, you're, you're really young. He was young, too, right? He, and, he, and... he was. I. Um, it's interesting because... I went back to Central Illinois. Um, I had interviewed for a junior college job in Rockford, Illinois, the day before I got uh, was going to interview with Coach Bender at Illinois State. And when I went to Rock Valley Junior College, everybody was uh, dressed in coat and tie, very proper. I walk in to see Coach Bender. He's in shorts, flip flops, <laughs> and I. You know, I'm in a coat and tie trying to be, you know, first impressions. I was like, I like this guy already. This is unbelievable. And, but he, you know, anybody that knows Bob or meets him for the first time, maybe the greatest lesson I learned in four years or eight years with him is just how to treat people and making those first impressions. There was nobody better or more sincere than Bob was and still is to this day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, as a player, right, we go from 
the previous regime, right, which is a Bob Knight heavily influenced to you guys, right? And so, I mean, there was a little bit of a learning curve for us. We weren't used to being treated that way, right? And, and the love and respect and you guys just coaching us up all the time was just awesome. So thank you. Um, and I got a chance to talk to Sonny and Gerard, and they both wanted to tell you thank you, right? I mean, that's the first <laughs> things they said to me was, tell coach, thank you, right? And so, uh, no, they and, and you guys don't have any idea of just, you know, especially for somebody as young as I was at the time, um, to be around guys like you, not only as people, but work ethic. And, and a lot of that, literally, until I just retired two months ago, those were my first impressions. And those were how it's supposed to be and supposed to be done, um, was your group. Uh, and it was such a magical year that year for so many different reasons. And, and you know, after I spoke with you on Sunday, I tried to, you know, I've had been a part of 34 teams before yeah. I ever played in college four years and high school for four years. So yeah. I have a tough time every now and then remembering certain things, especially that far back. But the first year at Illinois State with your group, uh, is etched in my memory pretty solid. The, the <laughs> next three years, you know, people talk about. I've watched several of your podcasts, and and I hear people say things, and I'm like, I don't, I just didn't remember that. Yeah, yeah, I do too, right? Or there's part of the stories that I just didn't know, right? Um, like Butterly, right? Um, here I am, sick and at Colorado, trying to get myself back onto the court. I didn't understand what Butterly had to go through, right? And here I am defiling Colorado. I mean, right, I can't keep anything down either end. It's just nasty everywhere. And I'm a big human being. And, uh, you know, just to hear it from his perspective, it's just been, you know, enlightening. So yeah. awesome. Yeah. All right. So we talked about uh, things we wanted to, to hit on. And you and I started talking about the fight, right? And one of the things that you told me was that you use this on other teams as a was it a cautionary tale was it more of a hey you guys need to go in the locker room and sort this out or i mean I, I think you know yeah you know i was a head coach four different times for 14 years and you have a lot of different moments throughout each one of those years where you try to get a point across or try to grasp back in time it's something that worked um right that just happened by accident but <laughs> literally propelled that team to a conference tournament championship and and an ncaa tournament appearance and, and you know playing michigan who had just won a national championship the year before right down to the wire so you know i, I think i probably used it a lot of different ways uh explaining that um you know, maybe somebody had looks on their face and we're going to have another meeting. And you just don't know what right. buttons to push along the way to try to get a group to change. And so you explain, you know, this literally changed all of your guys, all of our lives. Um, you go to the NCAA, you win a, any kind of championship and then go to the NCAA tournament, it changes your life, changes your perspective on things. And... So, you know, it's probably a lot of different, 
I don't know, lessons or, or trying to get uh, push some buttons with people. Or, you know what? If you are going to throw some punches, let's go behind closed doors like grown men and drop the gloves and, <laughs> and say what we got to say and do what we got to do. And then, you know, it's no different when you're an assistant. It's fine to be able to disagree with the head coach behind closed doors. But when you walk out on that floor, you're all united Amen. and no different Amen. than coaches and players and teams. So uh, that was one of the magic moments. Um you know, as I remember it, maybe I remember it a little bit differently, but as oh, I absolutely. remember it, you know, we had, I'm not sure we were on the road. We took the charter flight back. I don't even know where we were at coming from. Creighton. Creighton. We had okay. laid an egg. Creighton. After a loss. Now, of course, and. But think about that loss, right? I mean, even though we didn't play up to our potential, that was Harstead and Gallagher, right? I mean, those two. 4,000 points, 4,000 yeah. rebounds between the two of those. Yeah. That's like outrageous numbers, right? So and, and we I, didn't play well. Okay, well, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you the score. <laughs> I'd have to look it up too. I don't remember it either. I just remember we got off to you know a really tough start on the season. I, I can't remember even what our record was at that point. But remember, it's 2 in the morning. We get back to Redbird. Coach Bender wants everybody to meet. He talks to the team for a little bit, and then he looks at us three assistants and says, you know, you guys need to stay in here with them and try to figure out and get these guys to talk. I do remember the message. Uh, it was more so getting you guys to talk. Um, and, and so much, again, looking back on that and, and other times where we've been in those situations as a head coach, trying to get our guys to say tough things. And we had some guys step up that night, say some tough things, both verbally and, and I think physically. And, um, <laughs> but when we all walked out of there that night, um, everybody was on the same page and, and it changed the course of history for that season. Yeah, no doubt about it. We were, the, the record was six and nine after that loss that day. Then they won 12 out of the next 15 games. Yeah. And, and and one of one of those games was without Ricky at, at the end of the season. Yeah, so yeah, it was, was a yeah. remarkable turnaround. So there's so many unique stories to that season. Um, you know, there were probably you know Ricky, the performance he put on in the conference tournament. It was the last conference Missouri Valley Conference tournament held on a campus site. Um, mm -hmm. Ricky's mother passing away that year. You know, just so many different sidelines that that uh went on during that four month stretch it, it was pretty remarkable to be honest with you yeah yeah it was it was crazy all right so we asked the coaches when you're getting ready to play michigan and you look at their roster and you look at your roster of your kids what are you guys thinking Right. I mean, spot for spot, you're looking at guys that are going to play in the NBA for 14 plus years and you're looking at your own roster going. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, I, I think Coach Bender did an amazing job um, because his experience playing in those types of games as a player at Indiana mm -hmm. for two years, at, at Duke for two years, and then being an assistant at, at the Duke level, I think. Paid huge dividends, you know, for someone like myself. 
I just was kind of in the background watching him get you guys ready and basically talking uh, the staff, the players, everybody into, um, and I can't remember exactly, but it, it rubbed off on me later, and then that's a whole other story, but I, I remember it that week as, as being a free shot. In life, you don't get very many free opportunities. You got the defending mm -hmm. national champions, you're in the NCAA tournament, uh, it's a neutral court, neutral officials. You have just as much an opportunity as anybody else, and within that six-day period, 33-29, Illinois State by four with Palop. Jump straight up, keep that jump shot, come straight down to avoid that charging foul. That's all you can ask. Yeah, the, we finished with probably arguably our best game of the season, yeah. right? Against the best competition. Yeah. So. Yeah. so, Coach, you went to Washington. You were with Coach Bender uh, out there as an assistant coach. And then, I think it was after four years, you – got an opportunity to be a head coach at uh, North Dakota yep. State, right? Yep. So tell us about that, you know, becoming a first-time head coach, and, and what's the difference of going from assistant coach to head coach, and especially the first time? Yeah, it, it's it's hard to describe. It's overwhelming. Um, I was lucky, to be quite honest with you, at, at the time, for a couple different reasons. North Dakota State was Division Two at the time. They're Division One now. Um, but they operate it like a mid-major Division One program. See, it, them and North, University of North Dakota and North Dakota State the only thing in that whole region up there. Um, from TV shows to radio shows. Um, so, two things. I got exposed to um, how they do it at, at any other mid-major or higher program with your own TV show, with radio shows. Um, but it also was a little bit off the beaten path that if I made a mistake or did something stupid, which was a pretty good chance of me doing that, <laughs> it wasn't going to be national news. And so I had uh, three years there to try to grow. It was overwhelming to try to find a balance, to try to find what, um, how I was going to kind of conduct myself in good times and tough times. Um, and so I was very lucky to have the experience in North Dakota state because it's made me so much better for the Eastern Washington job. We wouldn't have got lucky at Eastern Washington if I wouldn't have had the opportunity at North Dakota state. We did fine at North Dakota state, but it was, um, you just have no idea what 12 more inches down on a bench is. It, it, you, every decision, you got to make the final decision. Um, everything you do is starting to get in the time. I got that job in, uh, 97. So it was starting to get to the point of wasn't the old wild, wild west anymore where you could go out and do things and somebody would take care of it. If you did something dumb, it was to a point where you had to make sure basically 24 seven yourself, your staff, your players were conducting themselves in, in the right manner. Um, there was a time there when I first got into coaching where, you know, a lot of that stuff was still taking place. Um, I can't remember if we even had cell phones at that time. I think they were just coming into play, but, uh, 
it's huge and you just got each person's got to find the balance within themselves that that to me is the biggest fight is you know what you want to do but there's also a proper and a right way of doing it and handle things and it's easy to handle during good times it's a little bit tougher um, when you're you're struggling and and trying to find a way to get a team turned around or to uh, jumpstart in some different ways. So, uh, experience in this business is uh, is king. And so, people that have can go back on past experiences as a player, as an assistant, as a head coach. Um, I think you're the one that's got a chance to be more successful down the road. So, so when you're putting that staff together the first time, are are you looking at like? I mean, the phone's probably ringing, right? And people are reaching out to you. How, how do you decide which three to bring in and be your assistant coaches? Are you trying to offset something like where your strengths are or, or some people you know and feel comfortable with? And then what would you do differently the second time around than perhaps you did yeah, the first time? Great question. <laughs> I, I think the first time around, you, uh, it, it's... I think my whole career, it's it's about relationships. Um, I was lucky in getting yeah. a job at Illinois State because I really did not have a relationship with Coach Bender. I don't know if that happens anymore at all in anything. And I mean, back 25 years ago, you're not going to get hired if you don't know the guy. There's too many people that you have relationships in. Um, you know, used to be you were on the road for the entire month of July. You'd leave July 4th and come back August 1st. And we did that probably for 15 years. So you see everybody on the road. You know which guys go out drinking, which guys are doing things they shouldn't be doing, which guys do it the right way. You have a, a platform because you, everybody's out in front of everybody. You're at the same tournaments and events. So those relationships and, and those things that you've seen along the way um, greatly impact you when you're trying to then hire a staff. You know, now there's a lot of obstacles when you're hiring a staff. Um, money, where you're located. Um, you just can't, you know, go out and go, you know, I, I want that guy. And it's a recruiting process again. So uh, I was lucky enough to have some good people along the way. And uh, but, you know, you keep learning as you grow. Um, you know, I was much better, like I said, uh, the next four years at Eastern Washington than I was those first three years at, at North Dakota State. And in Eastern Washington, your your third year, you'll take them to the NIT and your fourth year, the NCAA. Right. And so and, and we talked about this the other day, John, you know, we caught lightning in a bottle but we did it the right way at eastern washington all those kids have been in the program they're all high school kids all redshirted that will never ever happen again today so the best players on the, that team uh elvin snow mark axton brandon merritt those guys would all been gone after the second year there they would have been swooped up elvin snow was two-time player of the year in the league in the big sky i mean he'd have been gone yeah, a long time yeah. ago the way it works today, that will never, ever happen. So, you know, I feel fortunate and lucky to have gone through a period like your teams at Illinois State that you feel a part of Redbird Athletics here, I don't know, you know, 30 years after the fact because 
32 years, coach, making me feel old, but, you, but yeah. You right? know, blood, sweat, and tears for five years. You're a red bird. Amen. So Amen. kid that transfers three different times, where's he going back to, and what's he feel any allegiance to? Um, this college athletics is as screwed up as it's ever been right now. I don't care because I don't have to watch what I say anymore. Um, but this right. NIL is a joke. This transfer portal is a joke. The NCAA has no control, zero. It will be defunct here in the next two or three years. There's no juice. There's no accountability. There's no rules. It's just wild, wild west. Do whatever you want to do. I didn't want to get off of that kind of tangent. Yeah. I apologize. No, 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 no. That's all, uh, Coach. And Coach, you and I talked about this in the morning, right? I mean, uh, when we chatted. But you, to build a that family is the and of program, you can't, it's not that way anymore. So you either get out Amen. or you adapt to how it has to be done today. That's that's the two options. Right, right. And, the, and hence why you took retirement and you're moving to Florida. In the morning. Right? I mean, uh, my my truck take, is packed. Yeah. Um, we, we, you know, it's almost like going away to college. Uh, and I, and I say this humbly and, and with a little bit of, uh, nervousness, you know, we leave tomorrow. My wife and I leave tomorrow for that next chapter in your life. And we bought a place two and a half years ago in Florida and we're going down there until May. And, and, uh, you know, we know other, one other couple in this town, we're in Santa Rosa beach and. You know, you're excited, but kind of like going away to college. You know, you, there's some apprehension. You're not really sure how it's all going to play out. Yeah. It, Coach, it, since you, oh, go, Steve, go. I want to bring it up. I, since you brought it up, I, I do want to hear some of your thoughts. I mean, and, and quite frankly, I, I appreciate your, uh, you know, Frankness. being candid and frank, frank about it too, because you know, as fans, you sit there, especially fans of like a mid-major, you know, program, and, and you sit there and think, how does this end well, right? And and, and there's been so much transformation, and, and and it's just chaos. I mean, how do you manage that transfer pool? How does the coaching staff manage that when, when there's thirty percent of the athletes are, are are entering the 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 portal? Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's a good answer for that. Everybody's learning along the way, but I do know that transfer portal's not the answer. Um, it's the answer for the power fives because it's going to be easier. You're going to be able to cherry pick the mid-major and the low-major player of the year, all-conference team guys. That, those are easy to get. But everybody else, you better do your homework because there's reasons why you're transferring. Everybody's got a different reason. I just, we all we're doing is teaching the next generation to quit, not only once, but two and three times. You know, we, we had opportunities this spring, and I didn't retire until June 1st uh, when I actually made my decision. And we had guys that had already transferred once. The rule, the way the rule works, you got one free transfer. After that, you had to sit. And I remember our staff with our compliance officer and you know I said they're gonna fold the NCAA is gonna fold this kid's a two-time transfer you're telling us we can't take him because he's got to sit another year and you know what every one of those kids got a waiver this year so yeah. I don't have the answer that's why I got out I got buddies that are still in it um, 
who have to adapt. That's just simply, if you're going to survive, you got to kind of figure out a plan. I thought I had a plan for all four jobs I took. I kind of had a plan on each one, whether it be how your budget is, what you're going to be able, how you're going to be able to recruit, what high school kids, redshirt kids, whatever it may be. I don't know what the plan is today. I, I really don't. Um, it's like a G League team every year. Again, the Power Fives are going to be fine because they're going to be able to. I give you a great example. Um, oh, Steve, uh, that's got the Wake Forest job. Uh, Iowa guy, loving. God, I'm getting Alzheimer here. Uh, <laughs> he turned that thing around quickly, and it was done with transfers. That Power Five level, you can go get the best player that was at Indiana State, which he had this year, and got drafted. I mean, he was a first-round pick. Um, yeah. So to, it's the, you have to look at the level you're at, the school you're at, and then try to figure your plan out. Again, those five Power Five conferences are going to be fighting it out for the best players in the mid-major, the all-conference players in the Valley, uh, the Mountain West, whichever it may be. Um, I don't know what the plan is. Uh, it's year to year. Better make the most of this year. Um, another example, in January, we got off the plane here in SLU, and, and Travis said to me, you've done four or five of these foreign trips. He said, uh, start to put together some bids and some options and for us to go in August. I didn't really know. That's great. Didn't really know month later what he was talking about but it was a way we have an old team and we were able to keep everybody intact it was one more way other than the nil to be able to keep kids focused right. and talking about going Amen. to uh, madrid for three days where our slu sister campus is at to go to italy for six it was another just way to keep people engaged and looking forward to something because we don't have the NIL number money-wise that, that other folks do. So I think you're just piecemailing yeah. it together right now and trying to figure it out the best you possibly can. Don't have the answer. All right, Coach. Well, we've had butter on, right? And everybody loves butter. And then, you know, Coach Morris, we're talking about the Europe trip. I, I The only thing I got in my head is the fact that here I am thinking, there's Coach Jack, no shoes on. <laughs> on the bench trying to coach and butters out trying to shoot threes well any guy that had shot doctor as his license plate um <laughs> you know we taught him to actually shoot the proper way each coach took him under their wing for a five minute period over the course of you know that season and um I mean, he was into it. There was nobody putting more time in uh, other than our players, you guys in the gym, than Butter in there. Um, the only thing I was embarrassed was that I was the only guy that had the same size feet as, as Butter. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, small feet, small hands, but a big heart. And um, I tell you, he, I, there, it was like a movie set because he this. I think it was the second shot. I don't think it was the first one. I think he jacked an air ball up the first one. But the, <laughs> the second one gets swung to him, and and Coach Bender specifically told him before he goes in, he goes, "We're gonna let you play because you busted your hump, you know, this year." And um, 
but you're not going to shoot the basketball. Pass it to somebody else. And <laughs> he jacks two on the first possession. <laughs> I was like, what? did he not hear me? No different than driving Christian Leitner back to the airport in Peoria. He's got to swing through Dairy Queen in Washington, Illinois, and then miss the flight. <laughs> Did that one come up with, with Butter? Yeah, he told yeah, us. Yeah, that came up too. <laughs> Sadly, I know all these stories, so I'm like, dude, are you going to tell that one? And he's like, yeah, let's tell it, right? Just like shooting, you know, shooting the, the, the three ball technically is an NCAA violation by the guy who is the head of the rules committee for the NCAA right now, right? And so, you know, and so, you know, when Coach Mo and I talked about talking about it, he's like, I just want to, we won't tell who it is. And then when I got Butter on, I was like, you going to talk about it? He's like, what are they going to do, kick me off the rules committee? This is 30 years ago in well, Europe. Well, the other piece then, he was the guy calling the, the book in and, and statistics into the paragraph, and Coach was like, that's going to somebody else. I don't know who it's going to. That's not going under Dan Butterly, number 24 or whatever. So we, I had Coach Lowenthal guess and Coach, Mo, uh, Coach Morris guess. Who do you think took the points from him? Uh, got I, heard it on, I heard it on the episode. I would have never known, but I heard it, it was it was Kegel. Kegel, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so appropriate. <laughs> For TK, absolutely. Yeah. So, so when he makes that shot, what does Bender, he, he's got to turn to the staff. What does he do? You know, by that time, I think we were just, it was <laughs> at the end of the trip. The trip couldn't have gone any better. I mean, it was one of those first trip I had ever been on. Um, and it was one of those magic bonding, like they're supposed to be. Um, yeah, just everybody's laughing and having fun. And, and you know, so many things got accomplished and laid the, the groundwork for leading into the next season. And just uh, actually, no, that was, shoot, that's going into the second year, wasn't it? Or was that at the start? Very uh, no, third, third, third. That's okay. actually third. Okay. So you'll win the conference championship. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. You'll yeah. yeah. The tournament won't go as well, yeah. and you get screwed in an NIT bid. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. But that had played a huge part in helping that team. That's right. The team that won five, six, whatever it was that year, uh, transformed to seventeen, eighteen, whatever it was. So that yeah. that trip played a huge part in that. Yeah. Yeah, I told you I can't remember. <laughs> right. <laughs> we we, we got to ask you this story because he he told us about the your first road trip, okay, and being out in New Jersey, uh, I think it's probably Dickinson, right? And yep, they that's... get lost, and you guys are on the bus, and, and and so this is funny. Like Permanent always talks about like you know the 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 former era would have. You know, those guys have been crucified. And, and, well, you know, no, no, they, their bodies would have been, they just would have hired somebody <laughs> on New Jersey and the bodies would be still next to Hoffa somewhere, right? I mean. No, I, I, I heard Dan tell the story on the podcast and literally I, I can't remember it. That's again, tells you a little bit about it wasn't a big deal. He knew how hard those guys were. He wasn't going to chastise them in front of their peers. And so... I, when Dan told the story, I literally was like, I have no idea. I, you put a gun to my head. I couldn't remember that. 
<laughs> but again, tells you about Bob Bender and, and just how he treats people and how, what he's all about, and what that program is about. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I mean, that was, they got on just to see our managers in the back changing into their suits and we're getting ready to head to the game. And we're like, what the heck is going on? No. We'd never seen this before. Right. And so, um, What's crazy, yeah, I think, we, is with with Dan uh, and, and all those guys, um, Father Time, you know, those guys did rain. things. Yeah, those guys did things, and they didn't want to thump their chests. They just did them, got them done, and that's what hard work and good people do. And and we had an abundance of them at, during that period of time. Yeah, yeah, and. and they just came in and they, and for those players that mistreat managers, just disgusting to yeah. me, right? Because they work harder than players do, right? And, and they get, they don't get the recognition. Um, and, you know, you guys would never have let that happen. We wouldn't have done that. And, you know, it was just a, you know, it was a, a pleasure to have four years of the past thing. And then to be with you guys was just, you know, and I kind of think that fight is a turning point for us to start thinking a different way, right? We hadn't bought fully in. Now, yeah, we're th three and nine at that point, but we have one point losses to Oregon. We have one point loss to Green Bay. We have a two point loss at home to Purdue. We're not losing to bad teams, right? Oregon had Gary freaking Payton on it, right? And we lose by one out of that far west classic. That's a tough ass play that game, right? I mean, yeah. that's just not, yeah. you know. So no, you're right. You're right. Again, you're bringing back memories. I, I yeah, I, I couldn't even remember the far west classic. Um, I was in, that's back when Oregon and Oregon State were in the the, the tournament, the fourteen tournament meeting. Yeah. Those are times that you couldn't. Yeah, it's not happening anymore. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. And, 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 Coach, in your defense, you have 34 seasons to remember all these things. I only have five, right? So it's very, you know, fresh for us, right, because we only have five of these. And then anything we've watched on the news or the paper about what you've gotten into in your coaching, right? So, all right, Steve, where are we going with the next question? So, so – you showed up at uh, ISU. You got a whole bunch of new players you need to evaluate, right? It, which group did you work with? At, did you work at the guards or the bigs? Or You know, I can't even remember what I worked with at Illinois State. The rest of my career, I worked with the bigs. And I, and I do remember now because I worked with Coach Lowenthal with the bigs. And he – I was lucky. I was around – Coach Lowenthal had been a head coach already – you know, Bob Bender, his pedigree and, and, and the Duke system. Billy King was young like I was. In fact, we lived together for three years, um, but was two-time National Defensive Player of the Year. For a third assistant and a young guy to be able to, uh, you know, have some type of coaching philosophy and base, a lot of it came from those four years. And I work with Coach Lowenthal now, it just took me a second, on – with the Bigs, and I ended up being a big man coach for the rest of the time. My 
every place I was at, either as a head coach or as an assistant. And some of the things that Coach Bender and, and Coach Lowenthal taught me at that time at Illinois State with the bids, I used two months ago, you know, down here at, at St. Louis U. So, um, you know, for me, it was a very uh, fundamental base uh helping me with my craft for the next 34 years. So when you showed up in Utah, you, there was a pretty good big that was on that team. Yeah. A shitty coach could have, could have done a really good job with him. <laughs> so, you know, so John Pemberton or him, which one are you taking? You know, <laughs> there's so many similarities and I'm going to, John is an old school guy. Andrew Bogut's an old school guy. I got along with old school guys. And what I mean by that, guys are going to drop the gloves, going to play their butt off, going to listen and try to do what you ask. Um, and Andrew was the same as John. He just had a little bit more God-given um, ability in some areas. But he had Coach, let's be honest. He, mentality. He, he had a... And you know... Andrew, I know his first player. He had a lot more talent. Andrew was an old school soul. He he did all the tough things, uh, and he was all about winning. No different than John, you know, is or was. Thank you know, you. Uh, great story about Andrew. Two things. One, he asked before the season, you know, what what do I need to do? Because it, it took us. I literally did the press conference and left the building and, and somebody drove me to the airport and got on a plane and flew 18 hours because I had to go through LA to, to uh, Australia to have dinner with his mom and dad and got up the next morning and flew back just to try to show them wow. how committed I was. It was longer in the air, obviously, than it was on the ground. But Andrew, once he uh, bought into our, our our staff and myself, you know, he asked, what do I need to do? I said, you want to separate yourself and go lead the country and rebound it, which he did into the very last game of the season. Somebody went out and got like 21 or something at, at uh, Weber State. And two, your team's got to win. We won 28, 29 games that year and were very average. Had a really good point guard and had a really good center. And so his thinking would not even correlate with the thinking of guys today. John can attest to this. Just, it's, they're not worried about winning. They're worried about, you know, Andrew never asked me about points. How many points do I need to average? It was, what are ways that I can separate myself? It was, and then he took charges. He led our team in charges taken that year. It's, that's an old school mentality. That That's, what can I do for our team to be successful? Um, and that's what's lost today in, in college athletic. Ah, I should just say in college basketball. I don't know about any other sport. But in college men's basketball, right, right. that thing is, if you can find somebody that gives a crap about winning, that's the start. You got a chance. I, 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 think, I. It's all about me. What, what, what can you do for me? And think about this for you and Coach Lowenthal, right, doing the bigs. Scott Fowler, right? One of the, Coach Lowenthal's in his episode. One of his proudest moments was in the championship game against Southern. Scott Fowler getting three charges in the first half, all on Freddie McSwain, their Ricky Jackson, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, 
game-changing, right? So Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're exactly right. And that came from Coach Bender. I mean, we had little stickers, if you remember. You know, so, mm-hmm. I mean, on me as a coach, that carried through till, till the end here. Um, and, and they changed the charge rule how many different times over 34 years. Yeah. Right. What's charge? What's yeah. the charge? And, uh, you got the charge circle now. And, and, uh, but, but yeah. those are things that I'm hoping, and, and I think so, your teammates, your 13 teammates, John, had different impacts on what Coach Bender instilled and all the, the right things and the good things of just being good people. I mean, Amen. look how successful all you guys have been over the years. Um, yep. That's what it's supposed to be about, and that's what it still should be about. But it's, it's win today. Here's one for you, Coach. The fourth charge in the first half was taken by another big, Sonny Roberts. So your bigs took four charges in the first half, right? I mean, that's you, you wouldn't see that in today's yeah. game. Yeah. You know, and so, but again, that's a testament to you and Coach Lowenthal and the mentality you guys, you know, working with the coaches and, and working with us. You had Fowler and Pemberton and Roberts and Coleman, yeah. right? Yeah. And so, no, we had a good group, guys, but, um, you know, it, it uh, those four years for so many different people, everybody in that program are everlasting. I mean, look at all the discussion we've talked about Dan Butterly and, you know, you could go through the other yeah, managers, yeah. and and uh, every person in that program has gone on to lead. You know, great fathers, great husbands. Um, so yeah. now it's pretty special. Very special, very special. Yep. All right, so coach, we usually end it here um, and give you last words you want to say before we wrap this up. Uh, you know, I think. Uh, at least selfishly, you know, I hate to use the word I, but in you know my 34 years in college basketball, um, you know, Illinois State was one of the fondest memories that uh, I met my wife in Bloomington, um, still married. Um, and just so many, it brings a smile on my face, so many great friends, so many great experiences, and it was really the foundation, you know, me trying to hone my craft as a coach for you know the next 30 years in it and um nothing but fond memories uh, of being a redbird yeah and i told a bunch of the guys i was getting a chance to talk to you and again from the vandegard era right the vandegard wim hamer those guys they were all like tell them hi and you know miss them and blah 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 and so from the bottom of my heart thank you very much for coaching me Right. And thank you for that compliment against Andrew. Um, even though we know athletically, I have about 8% of what that man has. Um, and so, but uh, I do want to leave you with this thought. <clears throat> you worked hard on my defense, right? Uh, Gerard and Sonny in the quarterfinal game hold Chad Gallagher to six points and six rebounds. And then Scott and I have Harstead, and we held them to 20 in the first half, and we held them to 14 in the second, and we got that game won. And 
And I'm not sure you'd like the. Uh, you, you want to take credit for the Gerard and Sonny effort. Yes, Scott and I must have moved over to like Coach Morris at you that know, point for that week of practice. We all, nobody took credit for good or bad. You just were proud to be a part of it and um, just try to do what you know you, you could do to to try to make it a more positive experience. So now, great memories and great people. At this point, we're going to wrap this up. This is Bird Fans Forever, episode 20 with Coach Jack Aletti. Coach Jack, um, we are signing off. Thank you, everybody. John, hit it. Thank Thanks, you. Coach.